Hello, and welcome to the Major Gifts Fundraiser podcast. I'm Monica Van Deventer. Let me tell you a little bit about the tribe we're building here at Major Gifts Fundraiser. We're working with people like you who want to be among the very best in this field. You want to accomplish great things. You want to challenge yourself. You want to grow, and you are up for going on a journey because you know a journey is what it takes to become the very best version of yourself. You're listening to this podcast because you know that in order to be a great fundraiser, you have to spend time thinking about how you'll be a great fundraiser. You can learn more about our new online training programs at majorgiftsfundraiser.com. And without further ado, here's Clark. Buenos dias, mis amigos. Hey, Clark Van Deventer here from Major Gifts Fundraiser. Yes, it's me. Hope that you are having a great day. Hey, um, last episode of the podcast, I shared a little bit about my story, how I got into fundraising and I've spent my entire career in fundraising, even though there was a time I desperately wanted to get out of this. <laughs> and that's what I want to talk about today. I want to lean into that topic um, because I don't think this is at all uncommon. All right. In fact, I know it's not uncommon. Uh, burnout is a serious issue in this field. And I want you to think about this for a second, all right? Because maybe you are in this situation right now. Or you have been in the past and you're wondering when it's going to happen again. Like, when am I going to be feeling that way again? Um, I've been there myself. Um, and I'm I, right now in my mind, I'm transporting myself back to that time, back to 2010, 2011, when I'm like, I'm done. All right. The line I used in my last episode was a quote from Henry Nouwen. Uh, it's this terrible kind of fundraising, this soul-sucking form of fundraising that is exhausting. And the line from Henry Nouwen was, you will find yourself merely begging for money and your donor will be merely handing you a check. So in 2010, I was a candidate for Congress and if there was ever a time in my life that I felt like I was merely begging for money and a donor was merely handing me a check, that was it. And so looking back, it's no surprise to me that it was at that time in my life that I wanted to get out of fundraising. And if you are thinking about getting out of fundraising, all right, this podcast is for you. All right. Or if there's a time in the future, that you are thinking about getting out of fundraising. I hope that you'll remember this podcast, whether that's a year from now or it's five years from now. I hope that you'll remember like, oh yeah, right? There was this thing I listened to once. And I hope you'll say then like, I need to go back and find that and listen to it again. So when I was a kid, right? Probably like you, when I was a kid, I, I wasn't like, I want to be a fundraiser, <laughs> right? I was idealistic. I wanted to, okay, honesty, right? I wanted to be important and I wanted to look important. I wanted people to believe I was important. I wanted to change the world. And the biggest way I could imagine changing the world was to be president of the United States. All right, so if you would have met me when I was 18, 19, 20, 22, 25, 
That's what I would have told you. I wanted to be president of the United States. And now here I am all these years, years later and I've spent my entire life in fundraising. And I've got to tell you, a whole life in fundraising, it sounds, guys, it sounds kind of pathetic. <laughs> I wanted to be president. And I've spent my whole life in fundraising. And I'm like, is that pathetic? Um, maybe this is where you are. Like you need to raise money. You feel the urgency to raise money, whether that pressure is coming from your boss or from your board or from an internal desire to change the world. You feel this urgency to raise money and the urgency that you feel and maybe the, the, the lack of success that you feel leads you to feel desperate and defeated. And so, guys, when I say, like, I've spent my whole life in fundraising and that that sounds pathetic, I will say this, a whole life of me begging for money and a donor merely handing me a check, yeah, that, that would be pathetic. And so if that has been your experience, if you have felt like I am merely begging for money and a donor is merely handing me a check, like maybe you have felt pathetic too. <sighs> Can we be honest with each other? Have you ever felt pathetic? Because I have. Like, trust me, I'm with you. Don't think I've not been there. I've been there. Me begging for a, Me begging for money and a donor merely handing me a check. All right? Guys, if if I was still doing that, I would not like I would not be like I would have done something different. But thankfully, that's not what I do. Donors are not wallets with people attached. They aren't a number in a database. They are my friends. Friends who value the same things as me. Right? So, here's what I do, right? I harness energy. I'm a life coach. I help people figure out what they care about, where they want to make an impact, how they want to channel their life energy. This also happens to be the most effective form of fundraising, but that is not the point. The money is the least interesting part. All right, so I, I, I'm always going back to this conversation I had. I can, I can put myself back in this guy's office. Uh, and, and this conversation we had, and this was a friend who had a lot of experience giving, um, and he had a lot of money. Yeah, I mean, so much money that he was lonely. Like he said to me once, I remember him saying, like, Clark, no one comes into this office who doesn't want money, like all day long. And he's just like, there's need everywhere. Whether the need is material or physical or emotional or spiritual, like the fact is, is that we just live in an impoverished world and it is hard to look at. Like it's easier to not look, to focus on ourselves or our families or what's working, what's good, where there's joy, where there's peace, where there's harmony. Like why look at the pain? And, and if we look, we just see the world's falling apart. Kids are vulnerable or abused. There's poverty. There's suffering. There's injustice. 
And when I look at it, like if I really force myself to look at it, the longer I look at it and try to really understand it and empathize with it, like when I do that, I actually, like I actually hurt. Like it, like maybe you've practiced your empathy muscle, right? And you just, you can feel it. And so my friend said that the deeper he gets into this, dealing with poverty, whether that is internal poverty or external poverty, and we could t- that's a whole other conversation we could have sometime, internal poverty and external poverty. He, he said um, that the more he realizes that we are giving to save ourselves, that the materially rich show up thinking that we need to do some saving only to find out that it is we ourselves who need to be saved. All right, so he's saying this, right? Like, Clark, we, we show up, I show up, that's what he's saying, right? Like, thinking that we need to do some saving, only to find out that it is we ourselves who need to be saved. And as he said that, I'm thinking about this poem by the English poet John Donne. No man is an island entire of himself. Do you know this line, like from senior English, right? No man is an island entire of himself. Each man's death diminishes me, for I am involved in mankind. Therefore, sin not to know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. I love that line. Sin not to know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. It tolls for me. If there is poverty, if there is suffering, if there is injustice in this world, that is my poverty. That is my suffering. That is my injustice. Right? This is Charles Dickens in Christmas Carol. Right? You you know the scene, right? Ebenezer Scrooge is with the ghost of Christmas present. And the ghost of Christmas present brings Scrooge to these children. The boy is ignorance. The girl is want. All right. Like, so you, you've probably, you may have seen one of the films depicting these characters, right? Or you've seen a performance. My wife and I used to see an amazing performance of uh, Christmas Carol in San Francisco every Christmas season. Gosh, it's been like four or five years. We took my kids to go see it. I, I want to go back every year, right? We love it. Uh, we have a Dickens Christmas village set it set up in our home every Christmas. I read Dickens Christmas Carol almost every year. I've probably read it at least 15 of the past 20 years. And the language Dickens uses in this scene is so vivid. All right, listen to this. They were a boy and a girl, yellow, meager, ragged, scowling, wolfish, but prostate too in their humility. Where graceful youth should have filled their features out and touched them with its freshest tints, a stale and shriveled hand like that of age had pinched and twisted them and pulled them into shreds. 
Where angels might have sat enthroned, devils lurked and glared out menacing. No change, no degradation, no perversion of humanity in any grade through all the mysteries of wonderful creation has monsters half so horrible and dread. All right, and you know the scene, right? There's this boy. And this girl, ragged, disheveled, ugly. And Scrooge says to the ghost, remember what Scrooge says to the ghost? He says, are they yours? And the ghost barks back, they are man's. Like, they're, no, they're not mine. Like this ghost is saying, they're not, they're man's. Right, they they are mine. All right, so this is the reality. This is the backdrop that you and I enter into. All right, and here it is. Here's the temptation. All right, this is where, this is the moment. This is where it is so easy to grow resentful of our donors, to grow entitled Because you are likely listening to this podcast. You are in this field. You work for a nonprofit. You are a fundraiser because you get this. You believe it. I am speaking your language. This resonates. And you believe that this boy, ignorance, and that this girl, want You believe that they belong to each of us. You believe that each man's death diminishes you because you are involved in humanity. And the temptation that you now have is that you want to grab your donor by the lapels and say, why don't you get it? And you feel like people ought to give you money, like they should be giving, and you resent them when they don't. And you get very transactional. And pretty soon, you find yourself merely begging for money, and a donor is merely handing you a check because you are no longer involved in the work of connecting them to this life-giving work this redeeming and reforming work, but instead you are treating them like a wallet with a human attached. All right. Forget about the money. That's my call to you today. Forget about the money. It's not about the money. All right. Now, this is where you expect me to say it's about the relationship. All right, but it's not really about the relationship either. The relationship is not the point. Like, can you imagine if I were meeting with a donor and the donor says, like, why are we here? And I say, the relationship, right? Like the donor would think I was crazy. The relationship is not the point. It's not the central thing. Even with my wife, Right? Like the relationship is not the center thing. Like we are we are both looking together towards something. We are oriented towards something. We have we have a common mission and vision, shared goals, right? The 
I love this. When I was in high school, I remember this quote, Antoine de Saint-Oxbury, right? Like, this is the, the guy who wrote The Prince, right? And I, re- I remember reading this quote from Antoine de Saint-Oxbury when I was in high school, and oh, never forgetting this quote, right? Where he says that love does not consist in merely gazing at one another, but in looking forward together in the same direction. And so my donor and I, we are... I, My donor and I aren't merely just gazing at one another. We are looking forward in the same direction. We are in relationship, but the relationship is not the point. It's not the center. Right? We are are looking towards something together. And the gift that we have all been given, all right, whether you are in the position of asking for money or you are in the position of giving money away, the gift that we have all been given is the opportunity to be redeeming and reforming influences in this broken world where there is poverty and suffering and injustice. All right, of course I value the relationship. Yes, my donor is not a means to an end. My donor is not a wallet with a human being attached. I value the relationship and we are in this together. And in relationship, we are striving together to realize our shared vision, working to accomplish our shared mission. And I love my donors. And loving my donors is easy, right? Like loving my enemies is hard, but loving my donors ought to be easy because we have a shared vision and we have shared values. And shared values are the great basis for a relationship. So I've given my life to a cause. I wake up every morning thinking about it. All right, it's my job. Yes, I get paid to do this. I'm compensated to do this. But I wake up every morning putting my life energy into this. All right, now, whatever we have in life, we have traded part of our life energy to get it. And if I have acquired wealth, I have traded some portion of my life energy to acquire that wealth. All right, so me, I am taking my life energy and I am giving it to a cause. My donor has taken their life energy and they have acquired wealth. All right, they've likely done a good number of other things. Lots of good things, but yes, they've acquired wealth. And now they are converting that wealth into a cause. Well, like, how can I not love this person? It's like the exchange windows at foreign airports. You have American dollars. You land in London and you want British pounds. Right? So you go to that exchange window to exchange your American dollars for British, pound, for British pounds. And your donor is going to that same... like. The same concept, going to the little window, and they want to convert their money into a cause. You are both, you and your donor, are now throwing your life energy behind the very same thing. All right, and that is beautiful. Which is why many of the deepest relationships I have in my life have been with donors, because we care about the same things. We are giving our lives to the same things. And so the first thing I feel when I think about one of my donors is gratitude. All right. So at Major Guest Fundraiser, we help organizations 
set up systems to think and steward their donors. All right. We want you to be great at this. Like nobody should ever outthink you. And I think that these systems are super important. But that's not what I'm talking about here. Systems are great. They're important. We can help you do really well with this. All right. But that's not what I'm talking about here. This is about real, genuine, deep from within you gratitude. And if you don't feel it for your donors, like you, you need to do some soul searching. All right. So yes, systems, processes. Yes. But gratitude. All right. Gratitude. This is where we need to focus less on what we do and more on who we are. And remember this. Remember this because this is crucial. Nobody. All right. I want to stop you in your tracks right now. I don't want you to grow resentful. I don't want you to grow entitled. Nobody is obligated to give you money. Nobody should give. I don't care if they have it and what you're asking for is so little. Nobody owes you. So if they are giving to you, to your shared mission and your shared vision, then the result should be gratitude. Thank you. All right, like sincerely, genuinely, bottom of my heart, yes, thank you, like gratitude. And if you've come to the point where you don't feel it, you don't feel it. You don't feel the gratitude that I'm talking about. Don't let me beat you over the head. I hope you don't feel that way. I don't want to beat you over the head. All right, there are moments when... We don't feel things when our hearts are all blocked up. All right. And if that's you, please like send me an email. All right. If you want to be engaged in life changing and world changing work and you want to connect people to this work, but you're not feeling it like you intellectually buy into this, but you're not feeling it in your heart, like email me. All right. I'd love to connect with you one on one. Email is Clark at MajorGiftsFundraiser.com. Hey, um, I would also encourage you to enroll in our course, The Noble Call of Fundraising. You can enroll and start your journey today. And it's only ninety five dollars. If you enroll now, you can join one of our upcoming mastermind groups and join two free coaching calls with me. All right. So you get access to the course The Noble Call of Fundraising, which is a beautifully produced online program. And then you get um, on calls with me where we're wrestling with the content together. So go to MajorGiftsFundraiser.com, MajorGiftsFundraiser.com to purchase the course. As always, if you have any questions, shoot me an email, Clark at MajorGiftsFundraiser.com. That's Clark at MajorGiftsFundraiser.com. Dot com. All right. Yeah. Want, need, send not to know for whom the bell tolls for it tolls for thee, right? Like you get this. This is who you are. All right. But resist the temptation of growing entitled, growing resentful, feeling like you want to grab your donor by the lapels and shake them. Why don't you get it? Right. Instead, you are coming alongside them and inviting them to go on a journey with you. You, And you are going on the journey together. 
right? You're both trying to do this together. Like you're not like some enlightened person and they're not. <laughs> We're all just humans. All right. Clark at MajorGiftsFundraiser.com. Hey, we'd love to hear from you. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great day. All right, Monica here again. If you like what you heard on this podcast, you'll love our online training programs. You can complete our online training programs at your own pace and you can watch or listen to them from any device. And unlike that last conference you attended, the challenge questions and action steps that come with each of our modules will give you concrete things you can do today to level up as a fundraiser. You'll raise more money than ever before by developing deeper donor relationships than you ever thought possible. So head over to majorguestfundraiser.com to buy now. Thanks for listening.